the ultimate predator. You're listening to Bobby and Brandon on the Pucks Out podcast. And if you don't tune in every week, every day, every minute, every hour, I'm going to show up on your doorstep and give you the Smashville shuffle for the one, two, three. From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network. Welcome into another episode of the Pucks Out Podcast. I'm Bobby Butler. He's Brandon Bond. Hey, you can find us in the three majors of social media at Pucks Out Pod. Now let's crack open a cold beer and let's get after it. Let's do it. Got a little, uh, got a little spray on your uh, computer there, buddy. That was my, that was my B. That's my B. <laughs> oh, that's a good beer. Yeah, Burrow Blonde. It's uh, a great Mayday, a great yeah. Mayday classic, man. Good it's easy not, drinker. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna, you're not going to get much uh, complaint from either of us. Don't forget, guys, to check out our Water Maneuver store, where you can get all the apparel you need and everything that helps make this podcast just a little bit better. We're still working on getting coveralls. And <laughs> and don't forget, we're still doing the 100 subs promo on YouTube. Coming soon, we'll have uh, some exclusive YouTube content, maybe some fantasy football stuff, which will eventually be up on Patreon. But we're going to give you guys a little sample and put that stuff up on YouTube. How you been, bud? Um, all right. I mean, I've been, uh, without power, uh, a lot of the day and internet. So, uh, getting that back has been nice. Um, that <laughs> was awful. Uh, but uh, like in most of Nashville, like 130 K yeah. straight line wins. That's man. Yeah. We, uh, right after it hit y'all hit us about maybe 30 minutes later and it was bad for maybe five minutes. Yeah. I a mean, couple limbs down, but nothing too bad. Yeah. Down it was, in Shelbyville. It was, well, it was about 15 minutes here, but, uh, but I mean, trees, a lot of trees falling. So it hits, yeah. hit a lot of power lines and stuff, man. Gotta go, gotta yeah. go underground yeah, with but, these uh, bad boys. And, uh, may the fourth be with you, bud. Yeah. May the fourth be with you, man. Hey, cheers on that. Cheers. Cheers. But, cheers. Uh, how was your weekend? Oh, not bad. Uh, did a little bit of uh, movie watching. I think we're going to talk a bit about it later. Yeah. But, um, not bad. Yeah. Um, been I, watching a little bit of that Last Dance, bro. I know we're going to going to get into that soon. That, so. Yeah, but coming up later in the episode, we've got an awesome interview with the Ultimate Predator. We've got some news. Uh, we finished off the Central Division today. Finishing off the West. Finishing yeah. off the West, man. But a little uh, news and updates. Uh, <clears throat> got big news. I'm going back to school. I uh, I graduated from MTSU back in 2016. I'm going back to get some journalism classes to make this podcast the best. Big news. It's not going to help. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert for those of you uh, watching at home. But no, that's super awesome. I ought to, ought to, ought to take advantage uh, of something like that. I mean, I get a free class a year from uh, from working for the state. So that's dope. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll join you so I can cut class and, yeah. and feel cool again. But speaking of college, <laughs> I did do something this weekend that I probably haven't done since sophomore year of college. Finish off an entire bottle of whiskey by myself yeah and i uh i, I it's a lot harder when you're older than when it was in college yeah you kind of tried to push up push off our uh, our doc our doc meeting <laughs> and i was like oh well sooner the better i'm getting out and grilling uh yeah that's what i that's what else i did this week i knew i did something did a lot of grilling on my new grill yeah three and a half hours of putting it together and only had to take it apart and switch pieces once bro <laughs> so that's like a that's like a good victory on, yeah on a grill setup all right let's get into some news from around the sports world where nhl not looking closer to return there was a bunch of 
rumors that they were getting ready, but pretty much they came out and said that, yeah, uh, phase one might be done mid-June, but then we have no idea how long phase two is going to take. Right. I mean, three, they pretty much said, yeah, we don't know. They're just (laughs) like, they're just, they just think the words phase are cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're going (laughs) to. We, we're going to toss it out there that we're in phase one. Yeah. We're not going to do anything. A yeah. couple of weeks go by. People are like, bro, phase one is going great. Boom, phase two. Yeah. <laughs> we're it's like, it. how long is this phase? Oh, we don't know. <laughs> we can't speak to that yet. But, like, it's like, a, it's like a general news cycle. They're like, all right, here's a dip. Here's a dip. We got a good opportunity here. The last dance just came out. Release some news. Release some news. <laughs> uh, the Little League World <clears throat> Series has been canceled this year. Man. I mean, we don't. You mean we don't get to get dominated by, uh, by like Thailand or Singapore or China or something again this man, year? To man, to be honest, I don't like the Little League World Series. I freaking love it, dude. So I here's the reason: awesome. I think it's great for the kids. But what what turns me off of it is the grown ass men who don't have kids in it who tr- who go crazy about yeah. it. Like, listen, if your kid's playing, by all means, go crazy, paint up. But to see these like fifty year old men going crazy over a sport where they have no family in it, it's just kind of weird. Bobby, I think that's super unfair to the great people of Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> when that is literally the only thing that happens. They can order from Omaha Steaks and get some get some good local discounts. Not a sponsor. And, and not a sponsor yet. Hopefully, <laughs> hey, holler at your boy. I love some Omaha steak. Yeah. And number two, they are like, finally, we get to go and we get to cheer. They don't have a professional sports team, Bobby. Little League World Series is their claim to fame. So <laughs> no, but I love the Little League World Series. But for obviously, like I'm exactly like that on like high school football just like grown adults that have yeah. no have no standing in it and going and watching high yeah. school football. just because it's the high school they went to 40 years ago or it's even weird. not but so, see some people just like gravitate towards their hometown high school team That's like weird uh it's it's very strange like I think there were a- two times in your life when you're allowed to cheer for a high school football team you go you're to that high, high school, school, or your kid goes to that high school. Yeah, maybe like if you're maybe on the outskirts, if like you're like a teacher, you're yeah. associated. Yeah, because you're so, uh, yeah, you have an association with the program. You know, you know some kid, but you know, like hey, you got a family friend, and their kid wants you to come to their football game. You go to that football game, obviously. But I'm talking about people that just suit up, get ready to go. They yeah. got those little seat thingies, and they, they have like season tickets, season tickets to you know, <laughs> they get them delivered by a, like a carrier pigeon, and <laughs> it's a big deal. So yeah. That's always been yeah. strange to me too. So yeah, no, obviously there there has to be some middle ground between not liking the college baseball world series and liking it and not having to paint your body to to enjoy it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so moving on, uh unfortunately this morning we lost Don Shula, Hall of Fame coach, the most the winningest coach in NFL history. 328 wins, still. the 1972 Dolphins perfect yeah, I was season. About to say, still the last, yeah. the final perfect Two season. Two time Super Bowl champion. Uh, well, three time if you include the NFL champion before the merger. Talk, Just, talking about the 72 Dolphins, talk about a group of guys that get really, really extremely butthurt every time somebody's about to approach being yeah. undefeated. <laughs> they get so, they'll, they'll never be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you're so, obviously, you're like so clearly. <laughs> jealous of them man like you've done it already you're the yeah. first you were and but i've never seen a group of old men get so excited when a team loses a football game it is <laughs> it is absurd to me they're like he'll, tom brady he'll never be yeah. even even the tom brady thing i can kind of get because it's the patriots okay they're like a rival of yeah. yours being but like any anytime anybody did it peyton and and uh drew Brees that year they both were at 14 and 0 
and they weren't just not having it. I, I've always been like, what is up with like, dude, it happened in 72. Like there was a good chance. 50% of the players on the opposing side of the field were on acid, dude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they were smoking Virginia Slims on the sideline. They were literally leaning into their face mask to hit bumps of coke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of uh, the first to do a uh, world record this weekend, and actually this is the reason why I pushed off the outline review. That was the first time. You tried yeah. it again on the <laughs> yeah. morning up. Uh, half Thor Julius Bronson from Iceland broke the deadlift record. Of, he uh, hit 501 kilograms, which comes out to be about 1,104 pounds ridiculous amount of weight beating the last record of 500 kilograms by eddie hall i've watched at least 501 minutes of tv this weekend so i feel <laughs> but, like i should so be... i watched it live and right after and they cut away from it uh, apparently they're gonna they have a boxing match and half thor called him out so they're gonna have it's gonna be the heaviest boxing match in history let's get two more guys put them on their <laughs> shoulders making this like a chicken stuff oh uh, get get you know what i'm get saying get two uh, horse jockeys on their shoulders trench coat it though <laughs> so it looks like one so it's like vincent from bojack horse yeah <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. Vincent Adultman. <laughs> Business things. <laughs> All right. Time to get into our GM grades part four, where we finish off the central division. Uh, why don't you start us off with those assholes in St. Louis who yeah. are also first in the division? Uh, they're terrible. <laughs> That's it, man. That's all. No. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, no, seriously. Um, St. Louis, unfortunately, you threw them to me because I know your your immense dis- dissatisfaction in being able to speak. You know, you hate somebody and you can never speak any yeah. good on them. And here's the thing, I can speak good about them. I will not speak good about Jordan Bennington. <laughs> right, right, right. And so obviously that's not going to put us at a very fair grading position for for everybody. So I took them and I'm going to let you have Dallas and you got your own, you know, qualms with Dallas, yeah. but... I respect I'm gonna, Dallas. I'm gonna gear you. I'm gonna I'm gonna guide you through it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, players over seven million. Ryan O'Reilly. Gotta say, seven point five million worth every freaking penny yeah. of it, man. I mean, he with with he he's able to provide some offensive offensive su- uh, power. But it, what what is probably not understated in the hockey world, but just as a casual fan is looking out. I mean, it's uh, it says something to be able to send a guy out there to win 20 faceoffs a game. You know, I mean, that makes a difference when you have the puck, you can score score more easily. I feel like John Madden right there. When you how you have in order to score, you have to have the puck. <laughs> so Ryan O'Reilly really getting their money's worth out of out of, out of O'Reilly. Uh, only 20k in the salary cap available, which is not a whole lot. But again, running the top of the central for the entirety of the year, they've pretty much got their money's worth out of the players that they that they do have on roster. Uh, not great draft capital, but not terrible draft capital for a team atop their division, uh, looking to compete for the second year in a row. The defending Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. We got uh, got a first round pick still. No second round, a first, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, two fifth round picks, and that is it. So no sixth or seventh round. But obviously, again, as we just said, you're sitting atop the division. It's you want to, you don't, you're not going to have a lot of draft capital besides the fact that you don't necessarily need it because it's so far in the back of the uh, back of the draft. Uh, some good for them. Pareko's contract, five point five million with uh, with two years left. Uh, didn't really slow down after losing Tarasenko. I mean, they played fantastic hockey yeah. even after get even after uh, even after he went out for injury. And we're talking about one of the 
quietest superstars in the league, in my opinion. I yeah. mean, he's so he's so good at meshing with what what is needed from him that I feel like a lot of times he gets overlooked as a true superstar. I mean, he's not even on that making $7 million a year list. So that should speak volumes to uh, the production they're getting out of Tarasenko. Power play, great power play, uh, 24.3%. I mean, and, I mean, one out of every four times you get a power play, you score a goal. You're going to win. You're going to win hockey games. It's hard to beat that team uh, when they get a, get a one man advantage and with the makeup of their roster, they're they're quite frequently drawing penalties. I mean, they got a bunch of big guys that you have to try to outmuscle, and a lot of times that outmuscling will turn into a slash or a holding or something along those lines. So team grade, I would say that it's pretty hard not to give uh, give an, an A, a right? plus. I would say probably an A plus, man. Yeah. I mean, they again one player over that seven million. That is a that is a feat, and especially uh, staying hungry uh, all year. After winning a cup already, so yeah. Benning- Bennington obviously in the in the good category as well. Probably some of the bad penalty kills not great. 18th in the league, so uh, it was about 79.3 percent. But again, when you're making up for it by scoring on your own power plays, it's not yeah. as uh, not as terrible of a thing to not be as as strong there. GM, I would say making great moves, nothing super flashy. A minus, a minus I would say B plus. a minus B plus. Let's go a minus uh, all right uh that's that's pretty much all that i got on the st louis blues i think you're gonna take us into dallas now yeah so down in dallas they've got uh three players over seven million which is a, a lot for a team that's not you know first in their division yeah right got, and especially uh, with one of them specifically yeah. <laughs> they got tyler Seguin, 9.85 jamie ben nine and a half and joe pavelski right there at seven uh, not great no. for the, the, the way those guys have been forming. And here's the really bad part is their salary cap available. And we had to double check this when we got in, we got in <laughs> here today. It's $815, not $815,000, $815. Can't even get a good towel boy for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they couldn't even probably afford two tickets to their own game. At that point, at that point, why don't you just toss an extra $815 yeah. on somebody's contract? Let's even this out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Draft capital, uh, they've got none in the second and third. In the seventh, they've got one in the first, one in the fourth and fifth, and two in the sixth. Not great, uh, not bad. I mean, kind of middle of the road, kind of what you'd expect. I think they thought they would be more of a contender than they are. So, But some of the good things, that John Klingberg contract, he's been the breakout star from them this year. 4.25 over t- and two years left. Their defense has been astonishing this year. When they're on, that defense is crazy. We saw that. When the Preds shut them out, it took a while for us to get past that great defense. Yeah. But, you know, we just needed one. Uh, they have 2.52 goals allowed per game, and their goaltending has been very strong this year. So they definitely have a, a foundation they can build upon. Definitely. Some of the bad things, uh, it's been a roller coaster of a season for them. They started 1-2-1, and one, uh, then they ended up going 14-1-1. One, and one. So they kind of turned things around. Uh, the firing of Jim Montgomery started, and then they started strong with the new coach. But then they lost the uh, the final six games before the break, and yeah. that, and uh, two of those being the back to back shutouts by the Preds. They need more offense if they're going to contend. They got to get some goal scorers in there. Yeah, well, it's I feel like they need to get guys that they're paying nine point five million dollars to score goals. It's yeah. really the problem. Is it's not that they don't have the pieces there. I mean, with Alexander Radulov and and Jamie Ben and and Sagan, they have the players. They have the guys there to to make a make moves. They got offensive defensemen. I mean, it's just more been a lack of scoring in itself, just not producing really. Yeah. 
uh, them and the Preds, they 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 they're a very similar team. Them and the Preds, you know, top line not producing. They have, they're relying on their defense. Goaltending's got to be strong if they want to win games. So I think for the next couple of years, uh, Nashville and Dallas are going to be going toe to toe, fighting for the second third spot in the division. So uh, team, uh, I would say uh, C plus, C plus, maybe plus, just a yeah. straight C. GM now. I've been on here that they got a winter class. I believe getting a winter classic and outdoor series at a minimum puts a GM at a B. That's your starting position because that's huge for a franchise. That's huge mm-hmm. for a fan base. So yeah. considering that your starting point's a B, I would say, you know, bringing in the new coach who seems to be strong uh, and just needs to get back on track, I would say B plus. Okay. GM. I'm okay with that. Uh, so moving into Nashville, we can kind of talk about them together since we don't have an even number of Central Division teams. Until Seattle comes in. Until old Seats comes in. And they're the Rain City Pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they make their team name the Supersonics, dude. <laughs> That'd be dope. <laughs> or the Supersonarchs. <laughs> you know, because it's a different yeah. sport. Sonar is similar to the Sonic. You got it. You got it. Players over 7 mil, Matt Deshane, Joey, and Yossi new contract this year will put them over over seven mil not getting probably what you want from ryan johansson at eight million dollars no but one thing we will talk about later is when i'm doing when i was doing the research i was looking through the pred stats finding something that they were just top 10 or five in the only category come up with was face-off percentages they're number four in the league in face-offs yeah so i guess that's a credit to ryan johansson he's a he's Strong in the in the face off yeah. circle. Yeah, but you pay you pay big money for yeah. for face offs in, in addition yeah. to other things. Yeah, that those eight million needs to come with goals. And when when he's on, when he's feeling it, he's a great two way forward. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he's so his defensive play is so underrated, but it's almost like you got to light that fire under him to get him going. Yeah, and way. he's got to learn uh, to actually shoot instead of just lo- oh, he always looks for the pass. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he it's it's Gene Gene Hackett's yeah. dream. Um, <laughs> But no, so you gotta get you gotta get more for Johansson at that price. It makes it hard to deal anyway. So their salary cap available in Nashville is uh, two point four mil. They're definitely gonna have some decisions to make uh, this coming off season. Uh, the biggest of which, which we'll get to, and we've talked about this on the show before, is the Craig Smith Grandland decision. What are they gonna do there? Uh, we're gonna talk more about that in detail. Uh, what does their draft capital look like? Uh, draft capital, we have a uh, have a first, two seconds, two thirds, no fourth, a fifth, and a sixth, no seventh. So, not horrendous. Um, yeah, we got to make those first three rounds count. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Uh, depends on really what draft position we get. We need uh, we definitely need to make some good moves and get some depth depth pieces um, into yeah. the into into Milwaukee. You know, yeah. luckily that second one of those seconds is from New Jersey, so that should be a pretty high second round that we get. Yeah, hopefully so. That's yeah. uh that's that's a definitely a an advantage we have to kind of get a late first and then an, another opportunity right close to the top of the second yeah. too. So some some of the good things, the Ekholm contract is amazing for the productivity that he gives us. 3.75 with 2 years left. And this one's even better is the Ryan Ellis is always up there with the, with Norris talk. Not this yeah. year as much. But he's well. He missed twenty yeah. twenty games. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> missed a fourth of the season. So, <laughs> so I mean, he, his contract is six point two five and six years remaining. He's got a lot of time left on that, and I think that that's a great contract for us. The face offs we talked about that earlier. They're fifty two and a half percent, which is fourth in the league. 
and their bottom lines have been stepping up when needed. To, and that Benino, takes us, Smith, yeah, um, and that takes us directly into the bad, which is our struggling top forwards, man. Yeah, yeah. Rene, disappointing season, obviously. Uh, Soros had strong, strong stretches and looked like a goalie of the future at at times. And then yeah. there were times where he'd just get out, come out, and get shellacked for three games. So it's uh, it's always interesting to see. Um, you know, kind of where the Preds are going to go forward. And, and a couple of weeks ago on the on the pod, we had that interview with Zach McCann talking up our, our goalie down in uh, in Milwaukee and how he has a great opportunity. So future looks great, but if we're talking bad right now, goalie struggles were definitely at the top of the list. Special, special teams yeah. as always, man. As always, power play, uh, what was it? Was it twenty five at seventeen point five percent? That number feels so much lower than seventeen and a half percent. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like I almost one out of every five times we got on the power play we scored. And uh, the penalty kill twenty ninth at seventy six point one. Man, I mean, you're letting yeah. the team almost score twenty five percent of the time when they get on the ice against you. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna. It's gonna hurt, and it, you're not making up for it with your own power play. So it goes kind of goes in the face against what we were talking about with uh, St. Louis yeah. and how they have a great power play and not a great penalty kill, but it doesn't matter because they have a great power play. So yeah, it's uh, it's hard to grade this team because really the Preds are two different teams yes. when they're hot and when they're not. So, but I think overall they are a, the definition of a C C minus team, to be yeah. honest. Uh, I say C. I mean, they were, they were making moves up the, up the board. They're in a playoff position. I think C is the right, not a right call, but we're talking about a team that could be, could have been, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying we could have been on top of the division all year, but we could have been sitting second or third all year with some consistent play. Yeah. Uh, so I say C is a good call because of the nice little run we were on, but we can't forget the previous to the run. Yeah. You know, obviously. GM. Uh, they had said, a winter classic. You so. said your flat line was B. I, I, I love David Poyle to death, but I say B is the B. Yeah. If, if, if you're giving them the, the B for getting that winter classic, I don't think that enough was, was done on his end in anywhere past that. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. These grades are for this season, yeah. not previous seasons accumulated next season, you know, and what he does this coming up off season is really going to be telling sure. about where this franchise is going and his future with the franchise. Definitely. Uh, so I guess we'll give him the baseline of a B, but I could I could sit here and argue it was closer to a B minus or a C plus if it wasn't for getting the additional uh, winter classic that we got. And now the talks of potentially getting a stadium series in, soon in the works. So. Oh, that wraps up the Central Division. We'll be back next week with the uh, first half of the Metro. First half of the Metro. Let's so do we're, it. we're getting there. But now let's move in to the uh, Ultimate Predator interview from uh, from a couple weeks ago. All right, everyone. Our next guest needs no introduction, but since there's no video, obviously he does. We've got the official Lucha of the Preds. He's the spokes Lucha for Goodwood Hockey, and it has over 10 years of professional wrestling experience. Hailing from Nashville, Tennessee, it's the ultimate predator. How's it going, Ulti? Oh, you know, same as everybody else, sitting on my couch, doing nothing, staring at the wall. <laughs> How, how's this quarantine treating you? Um, Well, it's... <laughs> I've been quarantined before the quarantine started, unfortunately, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. We're, we're getting by. I'm, fortunately, I'm not alone. I've got Courtney here with me, so we're keeping each other sane. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're all in this together. You do what you got to do until everybody's safe again. And, uh, you know, if that means sitting at home and playing video hockey all day, well, <laughs> so be it. 
Who who would have known that staying at home and playing video games would make you an American hero these days? <laughs> I've been training for this moment for years. <laughs> We're finally here. We can yeah. finally raise up. <laughs> you know, I don't like to toss the title hero around a lot, but in this case, I, I think I think we've des- we've earned it. We we're going to be the time people of the year for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have my presidential uh, medal of freedom in the mail. <laughs> they said it was in the mail with my check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what got you originally into hockey? You know, what was your first hockey memory looking back? So, actually, my first hockey memory was my father and I um, when we were in Philadelphia. I, I moved here from Philadelphia uh, some odd years ago. And um, the first game I ever went to was at the Spectrum. Um, so, again, I'm giving away my age here. But uh, it, was <laughs> at the Spectrum. it was the Flyers and the Penguins. And I got to sit back and watch my favorite player, who became my favorite player. I didn't know anything about hockey when we walked into this, uh, but became my favorite player, John LeClaire, skate on the ice and and play with the Peng- or play with the Flyers against the Penguins. And of course, that interstate rivalry between the Flyers and Pens, and and you know, back in the late '80s, early '90s, they they were brutal. They were brutal, and um, immediately fell in love with the speed of the sport, the the, the physicality of the sport, and. Um, yeah, so that, that's my first memory, and I was a Flyer fan until we moved down to Nashville, and I was here before the Preds were, so when it was announced that Nashville was getting a National Hockey League team, I, I went ahead and said, look, that's it. The Flyers can be, you know, number two, but I'm, I'm a Preds guy. I'm a Preds guy now. So, obviously, of being a, being a part of the, the history, entire history of the Preds, is there a favorite Preds moment that you have, or or let's say a moment that if you weren't a Preds fan, it would have been the moment you became a Preds fan. You know, the first game was cool. I mean, it really was cool. The, the, the way they tried to draw the people in and, and I know everybody, you know, likes to try to make fun of the, the, the poster board rules of hockey or whatever, but look, it was a new, new franchise, new town, new sport. Nobody in Tennessee could spell hockey, much less tell you. What <laughs> it but uh, you know, so, but it was cool. The experience was cool. My go-to favorite memory is still walking into the arena, um, being one of the first ones there to walk into the arena for game three of the Stanley Cup final. That first wow. home game for the Stanley Cup final, seeing the, 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 the Stanley Cup final logo painted on the ice, the chill you know, that comes to the arena when you first walk in those doors, and, and the chill just running up my spine going, this is, this is it. We, this is Mecca. You know, not only am I at a Stanley Cup final game, but it's it's my Stanley Cup final game. It's my Your team, team. Yeah. my home. It's you know, it, it was it was incredible. And uh, I mean, of course, there's always, you know, the, the, the go to's, the first playoff victory, the first series victory, the triple overtime that I didn't get home until two o'clock in the morning and had to turn <laughs> around and go to work. You know, it's, it, th- those are always the memories that, that, that I love to, to talk about. But, yeah, the that first Stanley cup home game, all the stuff that I did pregame and all the stuff that I did post game. And yeah, it was, it was great. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that we are big, uh, beer aficionados. We love drinking beer. We love talking beer. What right. would be your go-to beer, especially during this quarantine time that you, that you want to drink? I think legally I have to say thanks Paul by tailgate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and not just because my face is on it. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> well, tailgate. Hey, tailgate puts out some great beers. So, yeah. So to have your face on a tailgate beer yeah. is uh, is definitely definitely something to to brag about, and it's something I bring up any chance. Yeah. I got oh yeah. To, so and hey, tailgate, if you're listening, uh, we're always open to a new we sponsor. Always, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, man no, can't no, have no, enough no, beer sponsors. It is. It is a good beer. Now tailgate. Tailgate. The the thing I like about the Nashville local brewing scene is. Nobody's trying to copy each other. You know, Tailgate comes no. up with some some really wild ideas in their beers. You know, one of my favorites that they've put out recently, um, aside from Thanks Paul, which isn't available anymore, is um, the they did a they called it uh, Mountain Shandy, and it's a shandy beer that's uh, primarily brewed with Mountain Dew. Oh wow. And, it tastes like Mountain Dew. It is a dangerous beer. That, so that's perfect for the that's perfect for the quarantined gamer that doesn't <laughs> yeah, have to go no, to work really tomorrow. <laughs> um, but you know the other breweries are amazing. You know Black Abbey does uh, uh, not uh, uh, does their run of, of beers. A big fan of the Forty Four Stout that they put out. I've always been a huge supporter of Yazoo beer. I'm a big fan of the Gerst House uh, oh, yeah. uh, beer that they put out. Um, always been a big fan of of, of uh, Fat Bottom Jackalope. Fat Bottom's great. Yeah, I was gonna say Jackalope's a, a really good one uh, to throw in there. Have you ever been yeah. to Zons? I think it's down off of. I have Second. not yet. It's a cool, cool little yet. tap room. I wouldn't say that the 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 beers is some as good as good as some of these other other breweries that we're talking, but definitely the cool feel of being downtown, being in the the brewery. I think that's a cool yeah cool. Place I, have, to check I out. haven't been. The the one of my favorite uh, tap rooms is Tennessee Brew Works. They've got a great tap room uh, as well. It's also downtown, but I haven't been. I hear the new Yazoo uh, tap room in Madison that they just built. And they built their, theirs from the ground up. Um, I hear that it's it's a great place to hang out. I've I mean, heard really that do. too, man. Yeah, I've heard that too. I, I think uh, after this quarantine's done, we're going to do some video bits. I think one of them might be hitting all the breweries in Nashville and whatever. Every time we travel, you know, when we went up to. Uh, I guess last year when we went up to Minneapolis, we hit probably 15, 20 different breweries. So we love brewery hopping. So that's, you know, we'll have to have you on as a guest for a couple of those videos of brewery hopping. And we remember yeah. at least half of our breweries that we go <laughs> to, too. So, yeah, yeah. No, let, me, let me know. Let me know for sure. There's there's a couple of people I can probably get in touch with to help out with that a little bit, too. So, yeah, let me know. I'd be glad to look. You want me to go around and drink beer? Oh, twist my arm. <laughs> well, and especially after this, after this few month long quarantine that we've been in I yeah. mean, i'll go hang out with anybody yeah. at i mean this point. it is our duty <laughs> even, it, even we're looking advertising yeah, to yeah. hang out with. i mean it's our duty <laughs> to pump money into this uh, nashville economy and so the breweries need it so we're, we're just doing our job we're just doing our job as, <laughs> Amer- <laughs> as american <laughs> heroes <laughs> but so let's Once talk again, presidential medal of freedom <laughs> yeah <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about your career in the uh, wrestling industry. What was your intro into that world? And from your career, you know, over a decade, what would you have said was your favorite memory in your your moment in your career? So I kind of tripped and fell into it by accident, to to put it bluntly. Um, I was always a fan. I was always a fan as a kid. You know, I, I, I grew up watching Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and Roddy Piper and Sergeant Slaughter and that era um of wwf wrestling and um took a hiatus for a little while got back in in the attitude era nitro monday night wars when when wcw closed down and uh tna wrestling a couple years later opened up uh here in nashville with jeff jarrett and jerry jarrett and vince russo and and that crew that started that company um which if you take a look 
to fast forward a little bit, there's a lot of WWE talent that's old TNA talent. Uh, so they really did get some good, good, phenomenal wrestlers up there. But uh, when they first opened their doors, I was in school at Western Kentucky University. Go Big Red. Oh, and, this is an MTSU podcast, buddy. <laughs> All right. You know, I did, we didn't. Look, we didn't know. <laughs> look not, everybody, not everybody's perfect. I'm glad I can still up the joint a little bit. You know, uh, raise the IQ portion of the show a little. Well, a whole lot. You you've raised it a whole lot. It's gone up from <laughs> gone up from zero. We can't even put it into percentage. But, uh, but yeah, so I was I was in Bowling Green. We a buddy of mine and I found out about the shows that were being taped at, or uh, broadcast live from the fairgrounds uh, in Nashville, and um, we would commute back and forth every Wednesday. We'd get out of class. Uh, hop in my car, drive down from Bowling Green, watch the show, head back home. Eventually, I don't know even know how we did this, but eventually we worked our way into showing up to the after parties after all the show. <laughs> I have no idea how we did it. Again, tripped and fell into it. Act like and you belong and then you was, go anywhere. Really kind of was, it got to the point, not only were we at the after parties, but we're taking some of the boys to the parties because they didn't have another ride. So there's a <laughs> I'm like, all right, sure, yeah, hop on in, Conan, let's go. And uh, so fast forward, I was in school to be a writer, and so my idea was, well, I'll get into the business this way. I, I'm not a huge athlete. I was not pumping iron at the time. I, I was not, you know, Hulk Hogan size at all. Um, so was, I'll, I'll go backstage. I'll be a writer. And the next thing I know <laughs> – I'm in the training, uh, uh, in the fairgrounds training with Cowboy James Storm and uh, 13, 12, 13 years later, I'd somehow made a small weekend warrior career out of it. Well, that's awesome. So um, um, looking back, do you have a favorite moment, you know, in your career, you know, just when, you know, looking back, maybe after a match, you say, wow, that was that was awesome. Anything that sticks out? Well, sadly, my matches didn't last very long because I, I actually got myself injured um, pretty early on. So I, I, I started working more as a manager, um, as an announcer, as a referee. I, I did a lot of peripheral stuff um, for the majority of my career. But I, I'd say probably, gosh, you ask me this tomorrow, it'll probably change. Because every, every time I think about it, a new memory comes up. Courtney loves it when I sit here and go through and I go, oh, yeah, I remember this one. No, I don't remember that. Let me tell you this other one. I forget a lot of it because I did get hit in the head a lot. Um, but uh, gosh, I would say actually probably one of my favorite memories. And this one, I don't think Courtney's heard this one. I was actually refereeing at the time, but I got to sit. Well, not sit. I was refing. But I got to be, <laughs> I really had the front row seat for um, a match that was put on at the fairgrounds against uh, AJ Styles and Michael Shane. I don't know if wow. you guys know who Michael Shane was. Yeah. Uh, but I was I, I was the ref for that match. And, of course, AJ goes over with Shane being the heel. And Shane got so, quote, unquote, pissed at the ref, he threw me in. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. So, but I got to say, I mean, there were there were points. I can remember points in that match of me having to tell myself, oh, oh, that's right. You're in this. You've got a job to do here. Yeah. You yeah. can't. You're not I'm watching not, this. No, I'm I'm leaning up against the turnbuckle, watching what's going on, and all of a sudden, you know, a, a submission hold gets locked in. Oh, oh, that's my job. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I'm in this. I'm in this. Uh, so, worst. What would you say pro- probably was your worst wrestling injury? The one that took me out. Um, 
the one that really took me out of, of, of actively competing in matches. Um, I, I was, the spot was, I was supposed to be taking a tombstone pile driver from one of the wrestlers and, um, we messed up. I don't blame him. He doesn't blame me. It's just one of those things that happens. And instead of landing safely, I bounced off my head Mm. and, um, my head glanced off the canvas. All of my weight came down on my neck. I had, it's a, I didn't break it, but there was a hairline fracture in my neck. Uh, I suffered a concussion and found out a few years later, I, I had compressed my spine and bulged out one of my discs. Wow. Um, that's one that I still deal with today. That's, that's one. If yeah, that's I, it's a long-term injury. It really is. You know, I, I, I eventually got it checked out and my doctors told me, you can keep doing this or you can walk. And, <laughs> and it still took me about four or five years to make the decision. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah. Um, I've got some, I had, well, a lot of them healed up by now, but I had some nasty scars from some of the, <laughs> some of the matches that I was in. Yeah. But, uh, nothing. I didn't look, fortunately I didn't end up looking like new Jack or dusty Rhodes with all the <laughs> tissue on the forehead. Yeah. I remember, uh, back in high school, I read a book, I believe it's called the, the rise and fall of ECW, man. Yeah. They, they had some great interviews in there. They were talking to mankind, uh, I guess Mick Foley at the time and just the gruesome injuries that they'd have to go through just to, you know, entertain people and, you know, put smiles on people's faces and put butts in the seats. And it's, it's not easy, you know, watching what these guys go through. I remember, you know, watching, you know, hell, just one of my favorite matches ever taker versus, uh, uh, man, uh, mankind hell in the cell, you know, oh, it, yeah, it, it, right. ta- it takes balls to, uh, to pretty much commit to being thrown off that thing. So, you but- know, really just you know straight shoot with you guys it's just a typical wrestling match you're gonna hurt after that thing because you 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 need to have a certain there's a certain level of crazy right to get yeah. inside that squared circle and and get thrown around and then pop up you know for some guys the next day or maybe the next two days and go yeah i'm gonna do it again <laughs> right yeah well and even every even if you do everything right and you do you the moves are perfect and everything i mean you're still slamming you know, somebody into, into the ground, you know? So, um, so how did you, how did you approach, how did you get this ultimate predator gimmick? What, has this been something you've done from the start or is this something that you, you worked into and you said, I'm, I'm going to start doing this. No, it, 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 it started out as a joke, um, for me. Um, I, I, I had decided it was time to get out of the business. You know, I'd, I'd had, I'd had enough, the, some of the places I was working, the politics were getting a little too stringy and, and manipulative. And I'm look, guys, this isn't my career. I've got an actual paying job. I don't need this. I'm right. stepping away. So, but I found out that I was missing something. There was a hole that I, I needed something and, and, and something creative. And um, I went to a game and I found the first mask I ever wore at the pro shop and in, in the arena. Um, which the mask I'm currently wearing is a variation of that original look. So if you've seen the mask I'm wearing now, imagine that mask basically as a sock that I was putting over my face. And um, I saw it and I went, oh, this will be kind of funny. I'll I'll just do this. I'll walk around with the the mask on and I'll be masked wrestler hockey guy. And never had, didn't have a name, didn't have a plan. This will be fun for me. And like five of my other buddies. And, um, Actually, at one point, I think Maverick 
had me up and I did the enterprise hat trick and, and, uh, 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 we came up with a brief name like Hockey Libre or, you know, just something <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what it was, but it was something stupid. And, um, you know, I had my Preds jersey and I had my shoot name on the back of it at that point because it wasn't a gimmick yet. It was just a joke for me and, like I said, about four or five other buddies and and uh, slowly just kind of took over in my head and was like, I could probably do a little more with this. Yeah. So, Always. you know, one year I... I added custom shoes and one year, you know, one year I got the belt made and the masks are made. I've got two, three masks now, um, including the original. And actually at one point, the mask, the original mask is not very well made. I contacted the company that makes the masks and bought like 10 of them from them. In okay. bulk. <laughs> so I think I've got about two of those left. Um, they don't last very long. I auctioned one off for charity and Chris Mason actually bought it. <laughs> and um i gotta give a quick shout out to mace he's he's been a big supporter of mine almost from the beginning and uh encouraged me along the way and so you know quick tip of the cap tip of the mask shout out to mace um but yeah so it just kind of grew from there and really what happened to make it a thing was the stanley cup final was that run that playoff run um you know every every game i'd show up a little bit earlier to be a part of the spectacle and this camera notices me, this writer notices me, this other person from whatever notices me. And by the time it was all said and done, I was getting Canadian media. I was getting <laughs> Australian media. I was getting USA Today. I think I ended up in, oh God, what was the, it was one really, really weird one that I was like, really? Oh, Wall Street <laughs> Journal. I ended up in Wall Street Journal. <laughs> They were they were just calling. They were just coming to you for your financial prowess, yeah. man. That's that's what that was. They were- <laughs> yeah. Um, and hell, you even. Uh, I remember you got onto a bit on NBC on one of their promos. Seeing you on there, I, I've, they've they've cut. Yeah, they cut my face in commercials. Actually, Jamie Hirsch from NHL Tonight <clears throat> sat down and did a quick. Well, not sat down. We did a stand up uh, interview with me out in front of the Smash Car uh, for the Stanley Cup Final, and I think that was the biggest biggest one. Yeah. Um, that I did, but yeah, my, my face has been all, I was on a St. Louis blues promo for their pregame oh, you know, yeah. video. and I'm, I'm sitting there watching this going, are you, why am I in St. Louis? And someone <laughs> oh yeah, no, you're in Anaheim too. We saw you in Boston. We saw you. Like, what the hell? Yeah. It's like, you guys know that I'm not just a general hockey guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. The blues and the Preds kind of have that similar color scheme, but still, there's a big cat head on my face. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's not, ty- I mean, that's totally typical of of, of St. Louis. Yeah. Though. yeah. Can't put it past those guys. They don't. So what was it like getting the call from the Preds uh, for you to become the official Lucha and start working with the organization? I, that was like the pinnacle dream moment, you know, um, the, the, like I said, I started this thing as a joke. I, I never, and I still don't take it very, I take it seriously, but I don't take it very seriously. I mean, as seriously you know, as I, you have, as you can take it with just being a guy that wears a mask and loves yeah, hockey, I mean, you know, you know? I, I pick, I'm the first to pick fun at what I do. Like I am the first person. So, Oh, you, you, you're an idiot. You wear a mask. Like, yeah, no crap. Sure. Of course. You got a beer, man. What's up? 
you know, an Anaheim fan comes at me and goes, yeah, your name is stupid and you wear a mask. I'm like, yes, I know. I just, yeah. <laughs> Except for you know me and you know who I am. <laughs> so who does that really yeah. make stupid? <laughs> so, but um, to get that call, it was it happened right around the time that uh, uh, Maverick decided he was going to focus more on his family and, and, and left the team. And there was that hole that was left for the uh, in-game host. And I pitched it to Sean Henry and said, you know, Mr. Henry, I, I'd like to throw my name in the hat. I don't know who I need to talk to on this. And um, so he said, well, let me forward you over to the right people. So came down to a process of a couple of us and they decided to go with uh, Deanna Kay at the time, who is a dear friend and I love very, very dearly and have nothing but love and support for her. Um, but they called me in and said, Hey, you know, we don't have this host gig for you, but would you mind being kind of our social media hype guy? Can you get in on this for us and cut your videos and do your promos and, and do it in, in, in a slightly more official capacity? And I said, tell me where to sign. That's... You know, I, I didn't even have to hesitate to think about that. Yeah. But, so first but, person I called was, was, you know, first person you call when that happens is your mom. Right. Right. <laughs> gotta let her know. Gotta let her know so, the good news. Well, you know, and yeah, so I mean, it was, I, I, I was, uh, I drove down to Bridgestone that day and if you go back far enough, I mean, it's been a few years, I actually Twitter documented live stream, whatever that entire day and, um, put pictures of, you know, here I am at Bridgestone. What am I doing at Bridgestone on a non-hockey day at 10 o'clock in the morning? Oh, oh I'm signing a contract. Just my, just my job. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> well, that's it's awesome. It's been fun. So I want to talk a little bit more about wrestling. And this is something that I think every wrestling fan has done, whether it's with action figures as a kid, on the GameCube, on PlayStation, on Xbox. If you could create any style of match using any wrestler from any era at their peak, what kind of match and who would you who would you put on the card? Oh God, the full card? Oh Jesus. Oh I'm sorry, just the one match. Just main, yeah. <laughs> Headlining match. Sorry. Um man, I'll tell you, I, I there's a lot. I would love to see some of the some of the over the top eighties talent um go to head to head in their prime with some of the guys that are going out. Now I would love to have seen Ricky, the dragon steamboat, uh, take on AJ styles, both in their prime. Um, I would have loved to have seen Mach, uh, Randy Savage take on Daniel Bryan in their prime. Um, I would love to see, uh, uh, I can't think of a fourth to put in this, but a four horseman type stable with dusty Cody and Dustin, and I don't know, make up a, you know, put Brandy in there for yeah. a fourth or whatever. Um, take, take that kind of stable because there was so much talent, not only in the ring, but you put Dusty on the mic and, and I mean, he could make anything look good. Um, there's so much. I would love to see some of that crossover talent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think for me, and this is actually a match I've put on, you know, many times playing, playing the games. Uh, and that would be obviously a hell in a cell. The, to me is the, ultimate match in wrestling and that would be a four-way uh, undertaker sting mankind and Shawn michaels for me it would just be a, a pay-per-view for the ages yeah, i mean you could just have that one match at survivor series and it would it would sell out oh yeah no for sure yeah for sure i've, I've always been a fan i like the hell in the cells i like the you know the the gimmicky matches i've always been a fan of just two guys going at it my favorite match of all time has been and forever will be 
uh, WrestleMania three Savage Steamboat for the Intercontinental title. That was a killer match, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. And there was a uh, I can't remember all the all the fighters in it, but it was uh, Diamond Dallas Page. And it, I believe it was old WCW. And it was like a three tiered cage match. One of the craziest yeah. things. And the one that they did to, to, to promote Ready to Rumble. Yeah. And I, it was uh, who was it? it was a wrestler in there who's now an actor. Uh, uh, was it was Paige? Um, I think Luger may have been in it. Uh, David Arquette. Yeah, David Arquette. Yeah, and I think um, yeah, it was craziness. And I remember watching that and just being blown out that line out that this is actually like a, a thing that's happening. So, and speaking of craziness, and you know, obviously with coronavirus, you know, WrestleMania had to take the more you know they had to make changes. Uh, yeah. One thing we saw was the cinematic matches to you. Is that something that works going forward? And do you think that's good for the industry or is that a kind of a one-time thing that you think they just had to do? Uh, they've done it before. Well, WWE hasn't done it before, but um, it has been done before. If you go back to, to TNA wrestling and I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Matt Hardy, but they did do the ultimate deletion or the final deletion cinematic style match for TNA with, uh, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, um, Abyss, Crazy Steve, and, and did a cinematic style at the Hardy compound for that match. And um, side note, the, the the man behind that one, the producer behind that one was the same one for the Undertaker Styles uh, Boneyard match from Mania. Yeah. Um, and if you look, if you go back and watch the, the final deletion, you'll see it's kind of the same setup, kind of the same shots, the same concept. Um, so it played really well with it. I think it works for certain spots for certain people. Um, you know, can, can, can you put Daniel Bryan and the Miz in a hippie in the forest match and make it cinematic? You can, but it's going to look dumb. But those characters that have that supernatural, that psychological element to them, Bray Wyatt, uh, Undertaker, Sting, um, I'm trying to think of, of uh, like Jimmy Jacobs in AEW, those type of wrestlers. I think you can do more with that because it fits their gimmick. It fits the character. It fits the style. Uh, but, you know, like I said, you put Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat in a cinematic match. It ain't going to make sense. Yeah. So um, I have my favorite wrestler of all time has been Undertaker ever since I was a little kid. Uh, and it feels like every three years his name pops back up and I, I end up watching it. But personally and i don't know if you feel the same way or if, you know in the people in the industry feel the same way i th it's time to for vince to let him retire honestly i i mean eventually this is going to catch up to him it probably already has what are your thoughts on you know under of him i, I get take to, to take her this might be you know borderline and addiction you know the, the adrenaline rush do you think it's time that vince lets you know the probably the greatest of all time uh to just let him retire or do you like the fact that they keep bringing him back in it, it's hard to say it's really hard to say from, from someone who was nowhere near at that level. I still, you know, every now and then I'll see something or I'll talk to an old buddy of mine or, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of sort of booked for a show that's been canceled twice now because of the virus pandemic. It's hard to get out. It's just hard to get out. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like that feeling of hearing your music play that, you know, is crafted, were written specifically for you and walking out and getting that reaction, whether it's cheering, whether it's booing, you know, if your face heal, whatever that react, there's nothing that beats that. 
and and it's an incredible addictive feeling and so i think it's hard and i think it's on both accounts you know undertaker is and probably will always be a tremendous draw uh for that crowd for wwe forever you know he could be 80 years old in a wheelchair you hear that gong and you're like oh nope that's it i'm in um so it's hard it's hard it's hard to say you look at a guy like rick flair who who just can't do it anymore but he's still trying well he's not as much anymore yeah but it's hard it's hard for for a wrestler to let it go um it's hard to move on past that and and sometimes you just need that rush and as far as vince is concerned as long as they're clearing medical stuff he's not going to tell a guy no yeah so it's hard it's hard is it time for him maybe probably it probably was a couple years ago but they did a great job at the boneyard match um, you so, know, it, it's just hard to do. It's hard to break away. Yeah. So we've got two last questions uh, in the wrestling world. And a lot of people like me, Brandon, and a lot of people outside of the industry, sometimes, uh, you know, we have an issue like telling the difference between a work and a shoot. Um, so as someone in the industry, how often do shoots happen and how exactly do you deal with them when they're bad? You know, like the last one I remember is uh, Cody Rhodes cut his cut his face open really bad, taking a fall. Um, how, how do you kind of communicate with each other? You know, if it's really bad, okay, let's, let's go home. Or if someone, you know, does something, they break kayfabe in the middle of a match. Um, how does that work? It, you know, in, especially when it's on live TV or in front of a big audience. Here's, here's, there's a difference in, in the two scenarios you just laid out. If, if you are in a match and you get hurt hard way, like you really get hurt you break an arm, you, you cut yourself too deep because you hit the, you know, the ring to the ring corner too hard or anything along those lines. That's, that's a different shoot than someone going into business for themselves. Um, you know, you cut yourself too hard. You break a, 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 an ankle, you break an arm, you let your opponent know. And a lot of times the wrestler can decide on the spot. Okay, look, I cut my head open. I'm bleeding like a stuck pig, but I can keep going. I broke my ankle. We need to stop. And you just say it right there. You, you grab your guy, you put him in the hold and say, ankles broke. Well, if your ankle's broken, you're probably writhing <laughs> on the mat. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, a separated shoulder, you can still kind of go with. So you might grab, you lock in a, a hold real quick and say, look, I, I, we need to go home. We need to go home now. And, uh, you know, the, you communicate it with the ref. You come up with a quick finish on the spot. And the next match gets two extra minutes tacked on so you make up time. As far as the other part goes, if in the middle of a match or in a promo, a wrestler decides to go into business for themselves, one, you're not a professional at that point. Yeah. You're immediately not a professional. I don't care what level you're on. Um, even those quote unquote work shoots that worked in WCW or the pipe bomb promo from CM Punk, they knew what was coming. They knew what was coming. They knew it was, they might not necessarily had known exactly what was going to be said. But the minute you go into business for yourself, you're out. You're done because now nobody can trust you. Yeah, it's dangerous. It's, I mean, like you said, it is. I mean, even, and even when, if you just do it in a promo, if, yeah. if I decided to right in the middle of this interview, you know, talk about how much you guys suck because of whatever, you're never going to have me on again. Well, you, I mean, you, we might because you're, but you would be right, though. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, but I, I absolutely understand. I mean, and like you said, you, you sustained some, some pretty tough injuries when everything was going right and you were doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. So I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a dangerous now, does it sport. happen? Does, does every now and then, you know, you might get a potato thrown at you in the middle of a match because you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. But th- that's, that's, you know, if, if I'm working somebody 
and I do something wrong, if I call the wrong spot or if I'm not listening, they're going to hit me a little bit harder next time because, dude, open your ears. Right. <laughs> this is your job. This is this is both of our lives on the line. Right. But they're not going to they're not going to knock me out with a, with a you know one punch shot. They're going to lay an elbow into my back or something and maybe grind it in a little bit harder and at the same time say, "Alti, open your yeah. GD ears." Yeah. So, so, what would you say? Is there a favorite moment from any recent uh, WrestleMania or any WrestleMania at all that that you want to bring up that you that sticks out in your mind? Maybe. Oh, uh, Mania three is always the mm-hmm. one. For me, is 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 that savage steamboat match? That's always a always a favorite. Um, I liked the culmination of the Triple H Shawn Michaels rivalry uh, that happened in the late '90s that culminated at WrestleMania. That was a great match. Uh, Flair's first retirement, or maybe it was his third, or it could have been his seventh, um, <laughs> with, with Shawn Michaels. The you know the the I'm sorry, I love you match. Yeah. Um, always stuck out. There's man, there's a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for me, 25 sticks out, uh, you know, Taker and Shawn Michaels, just those two great performers, you know, just you can tell they, they could have been in there all day. And oh, obviously, yeah. and then again, oh. a year later at the uh, at the streak versus the uh, career match was one of my favorites. But, so, and, and uh, you know, once again, too many shots to the head. I was at uh, 18. Rock okay. Hogan won. Oh, wow. OK, so that's yeah, that was. I don't remember a lot of that one either, but that's for different <laughs> reasons. Um, that's because Canadian beer is pretty good, and it's also <laughs> so. But uh, but yeah, no, I was there for that one, so that that one should stick out more than it did. <laughs> so we had so when we were in Dallas for the Winter Classic, you yeah. helped host a great event uh, at Brain Dead Brewery, well, and Bobby. Bobby was <laughs> lucky enough to have the opportunity to win a jersey. Yeah. <laughs> And I think you won the small one, didn't you? He yeah, did, he did. Do you remember the lady that tried to make him give up the jersey that was standing behind him? Or no, I remember she, she didn't I remember know the answer. Happening. I remember it happening. Yeah. <laughs> you um, re- vaguely remember. We we always wanted to bring that up with you because it was just so mind-boggling that a grown woman would tell Bobby that he, she was entitled to the jersey that he won. <laughs> well and and i think if i remember right i think she actually ended up getting the second one yeah she you gave her another opportunity she was in the front of the line and missed the question and then was mad because bobby knew the answer to well the she question. was behind me and the two uh there was i believe i was first in line i answered the correct and the correct and then she only and she even the answer she gave out originally because she was standing behind me and she kind of whispered to somebody was wrong she said the so wrong. She, she didn't even. She would have had the wrong answer if she was first. But yeah, that was that was. Yeah, a... I couldn't hear any of that part. And you know what? Looking back on it, maybe I could have handled the trivia stuff a little bit better because it was like first come, first serve. But there are people in the back of the bar that there's no way they're getting to me. Well, that but was... also it was a spur of the moment thing. Oh yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. And so... there were so there were so many people oh, there. Man. It was that crazy. Was, uh, that was a, I, a hectic I, event. I remember so. Boiling back on that one a little bit, the it was Eric's idea. It was EY's idea originally. And he got in touch with me and uh, and said, hey, what do you think about we try to get like a Preds party together? I've got this place that's willing to do it. Would you help me out with it? I'm like, yeah, man, absolutely. And um, so Eric and I uh, got, in, you know, he got in touch with 
uh, Mason and Hal Gill. I got in touch with my people over at Prednag Nation, and all of a sudden, this became a little bit bigger than we thought it would be. And, um, you know, because, you know, EY is telling me, hey, oh, uh, yeah, Mason's going to be there with uh, Hal Gill, and they're bringing the Fox crew with them. Yeah, it was so be wild. Kieran Hammer and Lindsey Rowley and whoever else wants to tag up. Crazy Kyle, the organist, showed up. Yeah. We didn't know he was coming. You know, he just he was he just sent me a message like y'all at Brain Dead Brewery. I'm like, yeah. He's like, cool. And next thing you know, I turn around and there's Kyle. <laughs> yeah, it turned, it turned into a to a little little Nashville reunion there, man. Yeah. I'm really, telling you. And and I told, I don't know, maybe two or three days in advance. I'm I'm talking with Eric, and I said, if you talk to the brewery about how they're handling this, because I think we're going to end up with way more people than we're planning on. He's like, oh no no no, they have a capacity of. Uh, you know, whatever it was, 500 inside and outside. There's no way we're going to beat that. We're going to be uh, fine. We were, sure? we were right there on the cusp of it for sure. If, if, uh, if it didn't beat that, man, we, uh, Courtney and I got there. So we landed in Dallas that day, got to the hotel. I tagged up with my Preds connection. Cause they're the ones that gave me all the giveaway stuff, the jerseys and the pom poms and the beanies and everything that was just tossed out. Right. And, um, I mean, shortly after we hooked up with them, I'm on, we're on our way to tail, uh, tailgate to uh, Brain Dead. Um, it was about five or six o'clock ish. As I'm thinking, all right, we'll go, we'll get set up early, we'll have a bite to eat, we'll have a pop or two, and and hopefully by the time we're done with that, people will start trickling in because it was not supposed to start until nine. Right. We got there at six. And didn't have a table until eight. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Preds fans for you. We're always down for some sort of event. I'm telling, and I said, guys, <laughs> we're gonna have more than you think. We're gonna have, and and honestly, hearing you guys say it was cool was is cool. I was getting a lot of mixed bag reaction. There were a lot of people that were upset because they couldn't get in, or they were upset because the service was slow, or they were upset because they couldn't hear me, or they heard too much of me. Um, they were upset because Hal and Chris and the Fox crew showed up late. I'm like, guys, I don't have any control over any of this. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, the thing is, the event itself was done great. You can you couldn't help the the staffing of that place. They didn't call you and ask you to staff them up or anything <laughs> like that. So, in the in the terms of what you guys could control with that, it was a, it was a great event, and the beer was good when we could get it. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, but it was fun it was, to see everybody and talk to everybody, and um, so we definitely, we definitely had a big time. Yeah. And I mean, there, I got free beer there because you know I had you know probably six, maybe ten beers, and I I was trying to pay, and I went up to the bar and said, "Hey, I need to tap." And he even said, "Man, we're way too busy. Just leave. You're good. You only had you didn't have any food. You just had beer to go." So free beer is always good. <laughs> I made sure I gave I gave him a cash tip right there, but yeah, so. Uh, I think that this coronavirus is overshadowing uh, the tragedy that happened in Nashville with the tornadoes. Uh, I I know online that your office was affected. Is are things kind of getting back to normal as far as tornado uh, damage is? is? Well, that's that's you know what I, I was uh, uh, I even told the Tennessean I told Paul Scarbina I said listen I've been working from home before that was mandatory. So um, slowly but surely we're coming back up. Uh, the viruses, you know, we, we hit a double whammy. Uh, we've had some setbacks, but, um, you know, the, the, the professional life is, is still there. Um, you know, Courtney's still working from home too. So she's, she was affected a little bit, but we're working from home and, 
you know, we're trying, like, like, like we said earlier, we're waiting for that presidential medal of freedom. We're doing our, <laughs> you know, we're staying home. Um, but yeah, it's, it's as normal as it can be given the circumstances. All right. So, you know, this is also a uh, pop culture podcast. So, you know, we always got to ask this, uh, Marvel or star Wars. If you had to choose. Man, y'all gave me that question in advance and I still don't know. An <laughs> um, Good. Cause we're trying to give you some hard hitting questions. We're, <laughs> we're, we're journalism experts. Well, and, and I love Marvel and I, and I love star Wars, uh, but, but I, I'm a DC guy. I'm Batman okay. and Superman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and the flash. I'm, We'll, we'll give you option three then. Yeah, that's you also take DC because I'm the same way. Like for me, it's Star Wars first, but it's DC over Marvel. Always has been. So of the DC universe, who's your favorite? Oh, I'm I'm a bat. I'm definitely a bat. Oh. Uh, and, and to go to go even to go even a little bit sidetracked on that. Well, not sidetracked, but sideways on that. I am a Riddler, Mark. Okay. Ah. Well, I'm a. Um, what? I've got a picture. I'll, I'll send it. I'll send it to you guys if you want it. But I've got a picture of me from Halloween a few years back. It's the only cosplay I do. That's <laughs> okay. not me. Well, um, we just. I've we... got the purple domino and the and the green bowler and the whole kit and caboodle. That's awesome. So, who's your favorite uh, Batman? Who's my favorite Batman? You mean like between Bruce Wayne and and John Paul Valley? Well, I'm talking. Uh... Heath actor. Ledger, uh, you know, the oh, actor. Oh, Sorry. Okay. okay, I got you. My bad. I'm in the comic realm. Um, first and foremost, I am an Adam West Batman. Okay, that, that's okay. a solid. I'm Adam West Batman with Kevin Conroy, a very close second. Yeah. Well, well, I'm, a, I'm a Michael Keaton I'm, guy. I'm not going to. No, I, I've got nothing against Keaton, man. Keaton took the grim and gritty and a little bit of comedy, and he turned that thing. I love the 88 Batman, yeah. but I grew up watching 66, so I got to yeah. stay with Adam. Well, uh, because we're so appreciative that you came on the pod, um, I'm not going to give you any crap. Amy? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to give you any crap about Batman being your favorite because just recently we did a segment of why I hate Batman. So... <laughs> so it's it'll be good to have it'll be good to have some uh, opposing viewpoints on there man but, how can you hate the bat he's the uh, only non-superpowered member of the trinity he's uh, just a guy well exactly it's not even that it's not even that it's that he is he's not real with it bruce wayne pretends like he hates batman and i don't i don't like that like when he's in his restaurant talking shit about Batman and how he's destroying the city. Man, that's you. You're doing that. That's not anybody else. That's your fault. You so. gotta keep kayfabe. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think, was it two episodes? We, we had a long segment about it. We did. It, we and did. We, uh, we, we went back and forth because I'm about, I mean, I'm not. All good. All, yeah. You guys, you guys have great points and, and I understand, but it's one of those things now it's so deeply ingrained in me that I can never love him, no matter what anybody tells me about him. All right, guys, this has been an amazing interview with the Ultimate Predator, the official Lucha of the Preds, spokes Lucha for Goodwood Hockey, and over 10 years as professional uh, wrestling experience. Ulti, it's been great having you, and we hope uh, once we get out of this quarantine to have you in the studio. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that for you guys. Y'all make sure to check out goodwoodhockey.com. Every shirt, every hat that they sell, proceeds go to youth inline hockey and youth ice hockey. So, guys, get out there. They've got a Tennessee Strong shirt right now. They've got the Geo Sticks and the Nashville Predators uh, colors hat. Get out there. Get you some good wood hockey and, uh, and support youth hockey. Will do. Thanks, buddy. All right, well, to you and Courtney, be safe.
You too, guys. Y'all too. All right, guys. That what an awesome interview, man. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I, ho- I hope everybody enjoys the wonderful intro that oh, we had yeah. him pr- had him provide you that you'll you'll hear at the that you heard at the beginning. Yeah. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely, always nice to, to talk to old Ulti. Um, Can't wait for this quarantine to end. We can get some beers with him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that takes <clears> us <throat> into our joke of the week, and this one comes from my home state of Maryland. Oh yeah, we found this one uh, taking a look online looking for a joke of the week so basically and a lot of people thought this was like the onion type of deal residents are warned by the police that even during even during safer at home lockdown situation you must wear pants to go get your mail (laughs) (laughs) and people just thought oh they were just you know wearing shorts or no no just just hanging, hanging loose, just going to snatch up the mail. And like, do you really need whatever's in the mailbox that bad that you're willing to traumatize the five-year-old neighbor? That's <laughs> so uh, I guess it was a necessary evil to, to tell, uh, to tell these specific people that you got to wear pants, buddy. I'm so sorry. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy, but you're, I'm going to have to not look at your dong, sir. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing walking out in boxers and underwear. Sure, sure. But the, I mean, and pun intended, the balls on these guys. The balls. The, 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 you got. I mean, you would have to imagine they have massive huevos, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, hey, just, uh, just a real quick. Can you imagine having to tell grown adults, hey, just a real quick reminder. Throw on some pants for your fellow neighbors. That's yeah, it. I what mean, a joke. I mean, wow. Like, uh, <laughs> you need to get get control. I guess those folks, without being able to go get crab cakes at a restaurant, man, they can't handle it up there, can yeah. they? They're like, I'm taking my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that moves us into what are you binging? I've been, I'm pretty far into the uh, X-Men universe right now. I've watched X1, X2, X3, First Class, Origins yeah, Wolverine, The Wolverine, and I've got, I think next up on my list is Days of Future Past, which I, I saw it a long time ago. I remember it being good. Yeah, I, I had seen the, the I rewatched obviously, X-Men and X2 and then First Class pretty recently, uh, but I had seen X, X-Men and x2 before when i was a little kid but when we were talking about 2000 and 2003 when these movies came out yeah i think i saw them at like a drive-in in watertown so uh great movies uh lot to be desired left to be desired i mean it was so early in the this world of making superheroes or mutants in in this instance that x-men and x2 were just feel like good products for their time yeah they just don't hold up they just don't they're just you just you could have done this or you could have done this you could have done this like x2 to me wasn't that great no just like the first two were not bad last stand was good kelsey Grammer's character was amazing in last stand first class was awesome yeah i loved first class first class uh um, I thought that it was really good. A lot of great actors. Yeah, I mean, James that. McAvoy is solid in that. I think that I think the person that does the best, obviously, is Hugh Jackman again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they go to recruit him, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, get out of here!" Like, <laughs> all right, all right. And you know, I mean, since he can read minds, I mean, that was pretty clear. He was like, "Okay, he's he's serious. <laughs> he uh, he's got metal coursing through yeah. his body. He's done with me." So, uh, so, so that was pretty good. Uh, but yeah, as far I mean. 
I've been binge drinking, dude, just energy drinks, man. I, work has been so crazy. I mean, I'm waking up. I'm drinking a rain energy drink for, with my breakfast. Don't I, I mean, just skipping coffee, going straight to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, not me. Uh, a little bit of Miller Lite, but I've been grilling a lot. I already told you that. So Omaha Steaks, another, again, not a sponsor yet, but not for any reason other than they haven't thrown us out of sponsorship. <laughs> Uh, so been grilling a lot. That's uh, that's been super super good. Not a lot, man. Just just hanging tight. Just um, okay. So let's move into what snaps your stick, Bob. What's snapping your stick these days? All right. So uh, this came about. I was having trouble thinking of one until uh, on social media after the last stand, and that is people talking shit about athletes, and they always say, "Oh, they they shouldn't be making so much money. They're not real heroes." Blah blah blah. <laughs> it's like. Why? Why shouldn't they make that much money? They're the reason that franchise is making all that money. People shouldn't be paid because of their worth to society. They should be making paid for their worth to the corporation or whatever the whatever corporation they're bringing money into. Well, and especially, especially in an in, especially in the specific instance, if you're saying, "Oh, they shouldn't make that much money." Well, it's a couple of things could be happening here. Do you not believe in the free market because? Millions of people do think that they should make this much money because they spend so much money on tickets and jerseys. And so lots of people, lots of people do think that, but you most certainly can't say, oh, they make too much money and then still go to the game, Jethro. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can't do that. Like, because like, you know that if you believe that and that's fine for you to believe it, I see where you're saying you shouldn't say it. Like, I just, who cares? You know, that's not your money. If you're not. But if you're buying a Redskins jersey, bro, like you're part of the problem, yeah. you know, like or 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 your perceived problem that you're yeah. creating. Because here's the thing: those people, I've I've never seen one post of those people talking about how the owner shouldn't be making that much money. Right? They I never mean, talk about that. They yeah. only bring it up about the athletes not making that much money. Yeah. When yeah. the owners are bringing in more than fifty percent. Well, that and they're having us pay for their own their stadiums. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have yet to have NFL players come out and get my city to finance their house that they were building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like obviously these obviously these these are worlds different, but like you gotta be thinking about it. Like, yeah, if you go if you go to a football game, even if you turn it on TV, if you turn it on your television, I don't care if you have bunny ears and you're not paying for cable or anything, your number of you watching this specific thing goes into the count of people watching this specific thing. And the most money that any NFL franchise gets, or any any league, the most money comes from, not from people going to the game, but from TV contracts, from you, me and you yeah. watching it at the house. Teams specifically don't care, really, if we're not in the stadium, except for the perception of, well, we could be making X more dollars, but it makes people think that we're not making any money because people aren't here in the stadium. Well, that's because Joe, my neighbor, has a 70-inch TV that, you know, Carry on Johnson is going to come out of the TV and hang out with me for about 15 <laughs> minutes when he's on the bench, you know, like... We got all of these. I don't have to wait 30 minutes in line. I don't have to pay $9 for a beer. I can go pay $9 and get a full 12-pack of beers and then not have to get up and miss any of the game while while drinking them. And so so I uh, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, it's silly. That's that's what what that's what you're deeming that they're worth. Yeah. <clears throat> so what about you, man? Uh, I didn't really have one either, and this is not really something that like snaps my stick to the point where I wanted to like rant on it. But I just wanted, you know, it was just more of a like, why? Like this yeah. is so weird. 
no standard size baseball field. Like, yeah. why, what is that? Like, it's so strange that, you know, I mean, you're perceived as a better pitcher because you pitched at a place where people don't hit a lot of home runs. Yeah. So, like, it goes to the warning track and a lot of people catch fly balls, whereas they were playing in Colorado, for instance. I think that that's the, one of the cities that home runs are hit a lot because of the air. It's either they're hit a lot or they're not hit as much. One of the two. Something. But, like... I mean, and obviously you can't, you can't stop that. You can't, you know, like yeah. you're going to have to get it on sea level, buddy. Drill down <laughs> through the mountain and create your, you know, so obviously I'm, I'm understanding of that, but like, don't all these extra factors come into play when you got this stadium has 40 f- extra feet in the, you know, in the, the right center crevice. If you don't hit it yeah. right there, then you're going to, you know, not hit a home run or, or in Boston. I mean, one of the, one of the most iconic parts of baseball it's just like a large green wall like like, there's like let's just put a wall up (laughs) how can we stop people from bombing home runs on us like bro a wall (laughs) that'd be dope have you seen i've seen a lot on social media the crazy high school baseball fields no see but like see stuff like that like that's weird to me that there's not like any any kind of set stand like just imagine if like a a basketball stadium like you went to play another team and they had like a weird trapezoid off on the side like uh it like it just like irks me that there's never been any and it's not even like you said it's not even like a standard shape it's not like there's oh this one's a little longer or something like no, like we've got a whole catacomb yeah. of caves over here. That like you can you're go a professional. Not only are you a professional sport, you're one of the oldest professional sports in this country. Right, like, like you're a staple sport. Right, like and, and you guys are the ones. Everything's got to be the. You guys have literally wanted to have have like little leather gloves on people's hands, not baseball gloves, because that's what they started playing the game with. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's how traditionalist you are. But you're cool with like a a penis shape addition to your yeah. outfield. Like I, uh, they had the Ocho back on on Saturday. And I was watching cherry spitting, cherry pit spitting, and they have designated uh, lengths and and how everything needs to be set up. So you're telling me that cherry pit spitting is more put together than uh, Major League Baseball? I guess so, man. I <laughs> guess so. But the corporate sponsorship isn't there, so <laughs> so that's your problem. Uh, okay, so what do you got uh, for non-sportsman? Ooh, man, this is something. And I actually went on a rant about this with you and Sass up in Columbus. That is people who don't like Guy Fieri. For years, for almost a decade now, I have said the same thing. Guy Fieri wants one thing in life and one thing only, and that is to take all of he us wants to Flavor Town. He wants to enter your Flavor Town. Yeah. yeah, we're aware, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, the dude is awesome. Not to mention, he's a fraternity brother, which is dope. Yeah, for but, sure. But, I mean, he's just a good That's guy. That's super dope. That's super dope. But to be fair, he is an honorary. So. Oh, is he? No, I thought... I'm I thought, pretty sure he's honorary. We'll fact check that. We'll fact check it. I mean, either way, it's obviously cool. I'm not, I'm not bashing honorary brothers. I'm just saying, like, he... I don't hate Guy Fieri, but I mean, I do hate his frosted tips and him wearing his sunglasses on the back of his head. Well, he's got a composite. No, he was a, he has a composite photo from UNLV in 87. Okay. Well, on UNLV in 87. I mean, that's a strong <laughs> endorsement. No, I don't hate him. I do hate his frosted tips. And I all, you know me, Bobby, this is nothing personal. If you wear your sunglasses on the back of your head, I hate you. I, I just do, man. 
Put back of your neck. Okay, maybe I can see the back. But when you wear them over your ears backwards, like you got four eyes, I hate that. So that's me. That's well, mostly why he went I to school think. in Las Vegas. He had to have a backup pair of sunglasses, man. Sure, <laughs> sure, and that's fine. But that doesn't make me like it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So no, no hatred of Gafiari. Uh, what you got? Understandable. That we've had such a hard time watching really any of these X Men movies that they're not really available on streaming services. You gotta you gotta buy most. Of, and look, I'm not against buying a couple movies or anything like that. That's not what I'm. That's not what I'm harping on. It just seems like for such a big franchise of movies that you have no presence other than other than buying and renting. I feel like I feel like that's why people can get into the Marvel series is because you can go watch all these movies on streaming services. And so not may you may not be able to watch 100% of them unless you have multiple streaming services, but at the same time like if I can go and watch a few and get really into into something that's dope. That's just that's so yeah. strange to me that yeah. it's, it's so- I mean, I've bought most of them now on Amazon and I just own them now whatever, but like a cu- couple of them are free. Well, not free because my star is an HBO subscription. Right. right. So yeah. not free. Yeah. But so only yeah, yeah I mean, but so- then I have to spend $14 extra for them. Well, a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 14 a month. <laughs> to- so yeah, so I mean, it's again, it's not that I I'm I'm saying, oh, I hate buying, you know, I can't, I'm going to pirate it or steal it. Like, yeah. first of all, like, I don't, I can't, I can't do all that. It seems like so much work. Dude, it like, is. learning about stuff. Here's my like, thing. All the time, people are like, oh, just pirate it. Like, people are a like, lot of work. Let's well, see, like, they're always like, oh, just, you know, get, get, get the torrents. I'm like, bro, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, yeah, I know what it means. But like, that's a lot. Like, like I get it. Like, con- conceptually, Bobby. Yeah. I'm not dumb. <laughs> like, I conceptually get, but like, uh, I don't know, torrent thingy. Like, yeah. <laughs> not to mention, my, my antivirus lights up that shit. It's like oh not today man we're not doing that right dude yeah so <laughs> like, like if you do this you're spending more than 14 dollars on repairing this computer so we just want to make it clear we don't steal movies mostly just because we can't <laughs> uh yeah man it's not like back in the day where like you like, gotta get limewire bro and you just download 100 things and just hope that this was x-men one and not yeah. some dude's homemade porn with his mom yeah. or something you know? a lot of our listen we just aged ourselves to a lot of listeners we really did limewire <laughs> that's how that's how we did that limewire guys we did yeah. that while we we're chilling aim and <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean if you want to watch if you want to watch spider-man you could either save up 12 dollars and go see it at the movie or you could use 36 hours of your life to <laughs> download spider-man and watch yeah. some guy film it <laughs> all right bud what'd you learn this week Oh man, I learned that um, that I, I love my new grill, bro. It's so dope. I uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. So yeah. hopefully soon we can get a Traeger sponsor and get some Traegers up in here. Yeah, well, it's Intent. an it's an ex- it's an expert grill is what it's called, and so like that makes me feel really good about myself. Yeah. So what about you, man? Learn anything I learned that, special, uh, fellow uh, Marylanders? Uh, don't like wearing pants. Crab cakes only and, to get the mail. <laughs> crab cakes and football, and not wearing pants. That's what Maryland's about. But all right, guys, thanks for listening. This has been another episode of the Pucks Out Podcast. Have a great time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Pucks Out Podcast. To see what other ridiculousness the guys are up to, check them out on Twitter and Instagram at Pucks Out Pod.